0: And welcome back to another episode of the Economy Podcast, where we discuss economic issues that impact real estate, housing, and affordability. I'm Odetta Kushi Deputy Chief Economist at First American, and here with me is Mark Fleming, Chief Economist at First American. Hey, Mark, I've got a question for you. What are the three most important factors when buying a home?
1: Hey, Odetta, how are you? Uh, this is maybe a little cliche, but also super easy. Location, location, and... Uh, location
0: exactly it was an easy one and today we're gonna talk about affordability but not just at the national level but at the market level as well because real estate is local and we're gonna talk about affordability for those whom affordability matters the most potential first-time home buyers. Since a homeowner is, by definition, already able to afford a home, the one they own, the key to understanding housing affordability is determining whether a renter can afford to purchase a home or more precisely, how many homes they can afford, if any.
1: That's exactly right. And this topic is even more important because about half of all mortgage loans today are being originated by the government-sponsored enterprises, Fannie and Freddie. Sorry, half of all mortgages originated by the government sponsored enterprises, that is, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, are now to first time home buyers. That 50% first time home buyer share is actually most likely going to millennials. Now, most potential first time home buyers are renters, right? Because if you're a first time home buyer, you can't be an existing homeowner. And so it's important that we analyze whether housing is affordable for these buyers. But haven't we talked about this before?
0: We sure have, good memory. Way back in episode nine, which we recorded in March of 2021, we actually discussed how the inspiration for this measure of affordability was something called the Gini coefficient, because the way we depict renter affordability is using a Lorenz curve. So if you wanna know more about that, please refer back to episode nine. Now, the reason I wanted to refresh this analysis is because so much has happened in 2021. House price appreciation hit record after record as mortgage rates remained low and inventory continued to decline. But before we get to the numbers, maybe a quick overview of how we calculate the share of homes that a renter
1: can afford. You know, you have a real knack of having me explain all the hard <laughs> concepts. <laughs> Genie coefficients, Lorenz curves, we'll come back to that a little bit later. But from the perspective of a potential first-time homebuyer, affordability is a function of two things, house buying power, that is how much one can afford to buy based upon income and mortgage rates. And now here's the important part that's often overlooked in an analysis of affordability, the share of homes for sale that that potential first-time homebuyer can actually afford given their buying power. It does you no good if your buying power is high, but there's little for sale at the price point or below to buy.
0: That sounds familiar. I mean, you can't buy what's not for sale. That's what we always say.
1: Exactly. Our market-level estimate of a first-time buyer's house buying power is based on the median renter's income, because we are focused on that renter, the prevailing 30-year fixed mortgage rate, a 5% down payment. Let's make sure we make the point here that one doesn't need 20%. Dispel that myth right out of the gate. First time home buyers, five and in some cases, even 3% down payment mortgages are available. And then the assumption that one third of the first time home buyers pre-tax income is used for the mortgage. We like to think of this in the mortgage finance industry as a sustainable level of mortgage debt burden to pay. By comparing data on home sale transactions to the median renter's house buying power, we can estimate the share of homes for sale in any given market that are affordable for that median renter. So care to share what happened to affordability nationally before we jump into the market stats, Odetta?
0: Absolutely. The latest data actually reflects the third quarter of 2021 and nationally, renter house buying power jumped by 14% on a year-over-year basis. This, all else held equal, should result in higher affordability. National house buying power for the median renter increased from $290,000 to $331,000. However, despite that higher house buying power, annual house price appreciation increased by a record 19.8%, so almost 20% year-over-year year in the third quarter. That higher nominal house price growth outpaced the growth in house buying power, which means the share of homes for sale that a median renter could afford actually declined. Nationally, the median renter could afford 53% of the homes for sale in the third quarter. That's down from 58% one year ago. So, in the third quarter of 2020. So even though renters could afford more home, the number of homes they could afford declined, making it less affordable overall.
1: Right, so the key, you get it? I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Is the share of homes for sale that are within that renter's house buying power. In fact, it's quite possible that markets with the greatest house buying power are not necessarily the most affordable. Markets with the highest house buying power right now, San Jose and San Francisco, are two of the least affordable markets in our analysis. The median renter's house buying power in San Jose is over $800,000, but the median renter can only afford 17% of homes available for sale.
0: Ooh, that's not very much. There are, however, some markets that are more affordable to a potential first-time homebuyer Mark, may I do the honor of revealing the most affordable market for potential first-time home buyers? Because the top market is near and dear to me. Literally and figuratively, I'm just over an hour away from this market as we speak, and I grew up in a nearby city.
1: Of course, Odetta. And the market is?
0: The market is, silent drumroll, Buffalo, New York. I grew up in a suburb of Rochester, New York, go Bills, so I'm familiar with Buffalo. Now the reason this market is the most affordable is because the median renter has a house buying power of about $340,000 while the median sale price is about $185,000. So the median renter in Buffalo can afford 85% of the homes for sale. By the way, we can look at affordability not just for the median renter, but for any renter. And the great thing about Buffalo is basically everyone can afford more than their share. What do I mean by that? Well, the 5th percentile renter in Buffalo with a house-buying power of just over $70,000 can afford about 13% of homes for sale, so more than the 5th percentile. And the 75th percentile renter in Buffalo can afford 95% of homes for sale. But Buffalo isn't the only affordable market.
1: That's right. The second most affordable market, another drum roll, is actually in my home state of Pennsylvania. Now, it pains me slightly to say this, being from Philadelphia, this is an inside joke for all the listeners from the Keystone State, it's Pittsburgh, where the median renter can afford 82% of homes for sale. The remaining top five markets are Oklahoma City, Columbus, and Cincinnati, both in Ohio.
0: You know interestingly in those last two Ohio markets there is a point in the distribution where a renter cannot afford their equal share and again by equal share I mean that if you're the 50th percentile buyer you can afford at least 50 percent of homes available for sale in your market but in Cincinnati for example that point is the 22nd percentile so the 22nd percentile renter can only afford 19 percent of homes for sale
1: Yes, with all of those stats, this is the kind of moment where I wish we could show you the graph. But we will be posting the Lorenz curves on Twitter when the episode publishes. I think about it. Lorenz curve. That's pretty impressive to talk about at a cocktail party now, isn't it?
0: Well, when we get back to cocktail parties, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Not to mention all this information and more is published on our econ center at firstam.com economics. So if you are curious about your home market, be sure to check out our interactive charts. Now there are many takeaways from this affordability analysis, but I think we should highlight just a couple. Now we've talked in the past about the untethering of workers from their office. That means many workers can work remotely and even move somewhere more affordable. Let's take an example. Mark, what percentile buyer do you think can afford 50% of homes for sale in Los Angeles?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, we do know from past runs of this analysis that typically LA is not considered an affordable market. So uh, let's say 75th percentile can afford to buy half of all homes for sale.
0: It's pretty close, but not quite. It's actually the 83rd percentile that can afford 50% of homes for sale in LA with a house buying power of 842,000 and an income of over 120,000. Now this same renter can afford at least 94% of homes for sale in Buffalo, Cleveland, and Louisville to name a few. So if you're in LA and able to work remotely, it's good to know there are markets where your house buying power can go a long way.
1: Are you suggesting Buffalo is an alternative to LA, Odetta? Go Bills! <laughs> <laughs> well, it is important to note that this analysis shows that home prices alone do not accurately indicate affordability. It's all about the share of homes for sale that are within that renter's house buying power.
0: Precisely. And mortgage rates, housing supply, and nominal house price appreciation trends will drive first-time home buyer affordability in 2022. As we've mentioned in previous episodes, mortgage rates are expected to increase by the end of the year, which will dampen house buying power, all else held equal. Housing supply is likely to remain limited, which will continue to drive house price appreciation, though likely at a more moderate pace than the previous year. So in other words, the housing market is going to look very similar to 2021. Of course, real estate is a local phenomenon, location, location, location. And there are cities such as Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Oklahoma City where the dream of homeownership for renters may be more attainable than many realize. And that's it from us today. Please make sure to check out all the data mentioned on today's show and more on our econ setter. Once you're there, make sure to click on the first time home buyer outlook report. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Reconomy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also sign up for our blog at firstam.com slash economics. And if you can't wait for the next episode, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Odetta for me and at M. Fleming, econ for Mark. And as always, if you have an economics-related question you'd like us to feature on a future episode, you can email us at economics at firstam.com. Until next time.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Reconomy podcast from First American. For even more economic content, visit firstam.com slash economics. This episode is copyright 2022 by First American Financial Corporation. All rights reserved.